This is Dr. Jonathan Shaw. I want to thank you for tuning in to Crown Ministries Podcast today. We hope that this message transforms you and encourages you to pursue God's presence in a greater way. Enjoy the message. The Gospel according to John chapter number 2. The Gospel according to John chapter number 2. The Gospel of Jesus Christ according to John, the beloved disciple. In chapter number 2 and verse 1 is where we begin our text of reading. We're going to go down to verse number 10. And you're going to understand in just a moment how prophetic this very moment is. While you're getting your text of scripture, it's on the screen. Just nudge your neighbor with your elbow and say, this is a prophetic moment right here. Tell them, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss this. Don't miss this prophetic moment. This is a prophetic moment and you can't afford to miss it. It says, and the third day there was a marriage in Cain of Galilee. The mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stones after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. That's 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And said unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. That's the major deed. And they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, he knew not where it came from. But the servants which drew the water knew. And the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, Every man at the beginning does set forth the good wine. And when men got drunk and couldn't tell the difference, then that which is worse. But you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee. And manifested forth his glory and his disciples still, they believed on him. Verse number three is where we're going to go as a text of emphasis. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, they have no wine. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, they have no wine. In this red series, coming out of the red series, I want to talk to you this afternoon from a message simply entitled, The Crisis in Consumption. The crisis in consumption. Touch your neighbor say, they ran out. No, no, no. Find somebody else and say, the problem is, they ran out. All right, now catch it in the, in the prophetic spirit. I want you to turn around and look at somebody and say, this year, you will not be in relationships that run out. The crisis of consumption. Father, bless this witness. Let the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. You are my God, my strength, and my redeemer. Your word doesn't need anointed. It's me that needs you. Give it to this flesh so I can give it to your people. And I declare that when you speak into their lives, it shall be changed and transformed thereby. It is in the name of the blood-soaked body of Jesus we pray. Everybody say amen. Have your seats. Let's talk for a minute. crisis of consumption the crisis of consumption the crisis of consumption the crisis of consumption one of the laws of business is called supply and demand the law of supply and demand pastor Moore, suggests to us that whatever it is that the public or the community is asking for the distributions into the store the market has enough to meet the supply, the demand. They should have enough in their storehouse to meet all the demands of what people want. Have you ever gone to a store that's supposed to have something and they ran, run out of it? It's the most disturbing thing. At one time when I used to eat Kentucky Fried Chicken, I went to Kentucky Fried Chicken. I don't eat no more. I went to Kentucky Fried Chicken and I said, can I have a two-piece? She said, well, we have run out of legs. That's the part I like. I said, okay, well, just give me just a wing and a thigh. Well, she said, we have run out of wings. 
I said, okay, well, just give me a thigh. Give me two thighs. Okay, she said, well, we have run out of thighs. I said, well, I need to run out of the store. Because how in the world can Kentucky Fried Chicken run out of chicken? What happened in this franchise, in this particular location, that you did not tally up your consumers and understand by now how much chicken you should have before closing time? You didn't do your numbers right. You didn't do your books right. Somebody didn't place an order. Something happened. You are now not meeting the demands of the market. You should have enough supply. The chicken joint doesn't run out of chicken. The problem with that is because the preparer of the franchise, the one who's responsible for purchase orders, the ordering from the main factory that Kentucky Fried Chicken supplies to all of their franchises do, somebody messed up an order. Either they did not order or they simply did not order enough. Now they have run out. There is nothing more aggravating than to go to a place that's supposed to have exactly what their name is but they've run out. They did not properly calculate the level of consumption. How much chicken will people eat? How much will they consume? How much can they handle? I need to make sure that there is enough in my storehouse to supply all of their needs. Unfortunately, too many of us have been in relationships like that. Where we have gone to them and they're supposed to meet certain needs or they're supposed to give certain things. But when we tapped in, they have run out. There's nothing more frustrating than to be in a relationship with someone that cannot give you what you demand. They're too dry. They're wasted. There's no more. They've run out. They don't have the capacity. It's like being a gallon lover, but in relationship with the cup. When they pour into you, you still got space for more, but they have run out. They have no more left. They have nothing else to fill you. And so you're in a relationship with someone that you love, but they don't have the capacity to give you enough to fill you. So it's easy for you to look for love in other places because you're in relationship with somebody that does not have enough. The problem with gallon lovers hooked up with cup lovers is that you're just not compatible because you don't have the capacity. And there's nothing more frustrating than to be in relationship or even in business partnership with someone that does not have the capacity to meet your demand. I need y'all to admit that you have a high demand. Uh, God, never ever apologize for your level of demand. Never apologize for the size that you are. Stop trying to be, come on here somebody, a 16 ounce when you know you're a two liter. Stop trying to squeeze yourself into a gallon, when, oh, come on here, when you know your whole tub. You got to be able to understand my capacity is my capacity. And I cannot reduce my level of consumption just to satisfy the lack of your capacity to meet my needs. I want to talk to somebody today that's tired of apologizing to be how big you are. Touch your neighbor. Say, I am as big as I am. I'm not apologizing for liking what I like, needing what I need, and wanting what I want. Look at y'all looking at me. Wish I could find a Jerusalem church in here. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I like what I like, I want what I want, and I need what I need. That is my capacity. How can two walk together except that? They agree. They ain't only talking about marriage, ladies and gentlemen. That's talking about friendships. Uh-oh. Some of y'all are in friendship relationship with people that don't have the capacity to be a friend like you're a friend. You always picking up the tab. You always loaning money. You always watching their children. You always helping them out. But soon as you have a moment of need, and as soon as you need a shoulder to cry on, them jokers sent you the voicemail. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And they cannot be found. What? is your capacity if you're going to be with me because I have a large demand shake somebody's hand like you're going to shake it off and say I will not reduce myself any longer just to compromise your insecurity no no I will not reduce who I am I will not reduce what God has made me I am what I am come on papa I am what I am and that's what I am 
It's called capacity. It's called capacity. It's called capacity. It's called capacity. Sabrina and Shaw is enough. Hey, hallelujah. I don't understand how men have multiple lovers. The only reason why is because they're not full with the lover that they have. You need to find you a help meet. You got to find you a help meet. And sometimes, watch this, it's not all the needs. It's, it's, it's some of the needs. It's some of the things. It's not always sexual. Sometimes it's intellectual. Look at y'all. Y'all so nasty. Sometimes it is just other areas and other places. Or it could be sex. Hallelujah. You got to understand that you got to be compatible. You got to be compatible. What is their level of consumption? Do I have enough to meet that? Some people you need to say no to because they too much. Oh God. Some reason why you need not to be in a relationship because some people are too needy. You have too much need for me. I can't pat you on the head every day. I can't rub your back every day. I can't give you accolades every day. You always want me to say something sweet and nice to you. You got to know I, the, I love you. I gave you this morning was so powerful. It should last you until I see you again. For four days, it got to last. Come on here. I'm built to last, baby. You got to understand. Hallelujah. It's got to last. Oh, but he didn't call me. He didn't text me. He didn't tell me that he loved me. He didn't, Come on. I'm trying to make this here money and keep a roof over our head. You too needy. You don't need a lover. You need a dog. You need somebody who's going to always hump your leg, lick your face. You need something else. You're too needy. I'm in Brooklyn, y'all. Excuse me. <laughs> What's your capacity? What is your level of consumption? Hmm? It's, it's how people introduce themselves to me to determine if I'm going to be in relationship with you. What is it that you need? What is your level of need? I like the people when they talk to me, get straight to the point. What, what is it what you want? Get straight to the point. You beating all around the mulberry bush and saying this and that. No, no. What do you want for real, for real? Because we got to get straight to the matter. And it doesn't mean, come on here, it doesn't mean that I'm insensitive to you. It means I've got too much to do and I cannot be wasting time. And if you don't understand that kind of relationship with me, then we should not be friends. Hallelujah. I'm the kind of friend you may not hear from me for two weeks, but it don't mean that we dropped out. Don't mean that we don't love each other. I still love you. You still my boo. You still my boy. You still my girl. But you got to understand, you got to secure the bag and I got to secure mine too. And we can't be hanging around each other at the diner every day. Come on here and make ministry work, life work, pay the bills, go to school, build a business and write a book. We got to be able to understand each other. The challenge, the challenge, the challenge with Adam and Eve in the garden of the Mulberry is this. The challenge with them and the reason why they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil of which they were forbidden of, Danielle. They ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is because they weren't full. God allowed them, Pastor Murder Holder, to eat of every tree in the garden, which means you can eat every tree, every tree. How many trees? Every tree. How many trees? Every, you can eat from every tree, but still that one little tree in the middle of the garden you want to eat from. God said the day that you eat that tree, you shall surely die. Why? Because that one tree was God's tithe to himself. Uh, God after creation he tied to himself if God tied what's wrong with you okay God tied to himself of creation and said you can't touch it because the day you touch my ties is the day you die so they were able to eat every tree somebody shout every tree they were able to eat of every tree but still wanted the tree that was forbidden because the devil lied to you and told you that the forbidden tastes better than the permissible the devil told you that what you're not supposed to do feels better than what you're supposed to do but the devil is a bald headed liar had they been full of what they were allowed to eat, they would never got hungry of what they're not supposed to eat. 
Shama. Do you know why sin is so easy in your life? Because it's not full enough with the Holy Ghost. If your life gets full with the things of God, if you keep yourself busy with the things of God, you're too busy, come on here, to find yourself in sin. You are filling yourself with the forbidden because you have not got full off of the permissible. What's your capacity? Here in this text, Harry Shaw, here in this text, the Bible says that Jesus is about to do his inaugural miracle. But the inaugural miracle wasn't on schedule. With Samaria. I said the inaugural miracle wasn't on The first wasn't planned. He wasn't supposed to do it. But he was pushed into it. But he had to do it because there was a crisis in consumption. The supply didn't meet the demand. They drank too much. <laughs> so it's the wedding of Canaan. The biblical weddings usually lasted for seven days. Biblical weddings lasted for seven days. They would take an entire week. So like Indian weddings and African weddings today, they last for seven, seven days. And they go on and on. They have parties and celebrations. And the bride is at her house with her uh, girls. And, and they are pressing on her and massaging her. And they're putting oils and spices on her. And they're teaching her how to entreat her husband. And they're veiling her and covering her. And the men are at his house with the bridegroom. And they're dancing and celebrating and rejoicing. And he's paying her father a dowry to, in order to have her. And all of these great things are happening. And day number one they're celebrating and they're drinking and they're dancing and they're going on and about and day number two they're celebrating and dancing and then the bridegroom and the bride starts meeting each other they starts walking towards each other for the ceremony to be consummated in the middle so he walks from his way she walks from her way and they got to meet in the middle and and then they meet in the middle and they make a commitment and while they're making their commitment in marriage they're celebrating and they're dancing and they're drinking all the wine is being consumed it's day number three somebody say day number three day number Number three, they made the commitment. That's what marriage is. A commitment. Can I preach this in Valentine's month? I said marriage is a commitment, ladies and gentlemen. You don't get married because you love them. You get married to them because you're committed to them. Oh, hallelujah. Love don't pay no bills. Y'all don't know that? Love don't keep you married. Love don't keep you together. Because there were some days you will wake up yet you don't even like them. Talk about love them. You don't stay married because you're in love. You stay married because you're committed. You made a vow and you're going to commit to your vow. Oh, I'm losing people but I'm going to find me a Jerusalem church after a minute look at your neighbor and say hey neighbor you know what commitment is tell them commitment is having the same feeling that you had when you made the commitment in the first place God help us in other words I'm still here because I said I would be I feel like leaving you and I feel like walking out but I'm going to stay right here because I said I would I wish somebody would go back to the 80s with me my word is bond and because my word is bond, I'm still here. I don't like everything you do. I don't like everything you say. Sometimes I don't even like the way you look. But I'm committed. The challenge with people is their level of commitment. Let me ask this question to you. Have you been loyal to people who've been disloyal to you? They don't match your level of commitment. Hallelujah. See, watch this. They will leave you for leaving the cap off the toothpaste. When you could have left them when they took the bank account in negative balance and the rent couldn't be paid. Hallelujah. You talk about what I'm leaving you about, but you know, Joker, when I could have left you about, about 25 times. Hallelujah. Have you found somebody that matches your level of loyalty? and commitment commitment a committal is what I do at funerals to a dead body I commit it to the ground and you gotta stay right there what I do in funerals I do in marriage ceremonies I'm committing him to her and her to him 
which means this unity is your death sentence. Till death do us part. How committed are you? Have you investigated their commitment before you said, I do? Have you interrogated their loyalties before you said, I will? So the first thing we have is the commitment. The commitment is always the challenge because you have partnered up, hooked up, and related to people that don't have your same level of commitment. You will sacrifice things for your friend, but they won't give up $2 for you. That's pretty sad. Where's your commitment level? Your commitment level will determine, watch this, if both of us are satisfied. If you're in a relationship where only one of y'all are good, that's a lopsided relationship. We should be in the kind of relationship where both of us are good. Everybody say the wedding. Say, somebody say the commitment. So we have the commitment, the wedding of Cana of Galilee. Once now the bridegroom and the groom, they now consummate the marriage. They come together. Then we go into further festivities and we start dancing and drinking some more. This usually have, happens on the third day. This is where Jesus, Mary, and all the disciples were invited to the reception. All of them at the reception, and usually at biblical receptions, everybody's invited of the entire village. The wedding in Cana of Galilee. So all of Cana was there. Everybody and their mama, grandmama, aunties and uncles, little children. You know, y'all could have weddings now, no children allowed. They had children running around there. Everybody was there. Everybody was invited. Everybody is there, and they're drinking, and they're consuming, and they're drinking, and they're dancing, and they're celebrating. And the Bible says that they invited Jesus to the commitment. So after the commitment, the next step is the call. The Bible says they called Jesus and Mary and Jesus' disciples to the wedding. Who have you invited to your commitments? So then the level of danger, watch this, Dawn, is that if you have a commitment, make sure you call Jesus to the commitment. Because we often make commitments that we don't call Jesus to. If Jesus is not included in the commitment, we can't make the commitment. Lord, help us. Because when this commitment runs dry, we're going to need somebody stronger than the both of us to keep us together. The challenge is you got too many parties in your commitment and not one of them can fulfill or satisfy the need of the commitment. Is Jesus invited to our commitment? Now watch this. That means, uh-oh, I'm going to mess up, but I love this job. That means that not just one of us could know Jesus. Uh, both of us got to know Jesus. You hear me? You know when y'all go to the weddings, the ushers ask you, which side you on, the bride or the groom? When Jesus comes to the commitment, I need him to be on both sides. So that's why I can't do missionary dating when you're trying to date somebody and wait till they get saved. You can't use your sex to get somebody saved, honey. That stuff ain't that good. What I'm trying to help you to say is he got to know Jesus before he knows you. Because when both of us run dry, we got to find somebody that can fulfill both of our needs. Why you're dating so secret that Jesus is not invited? Bring him to church. Let's see how we worship. If he can't worship for an hour, what makes you think he's going to marry you for an hour? Come on here. If he can't lift his hands in the presence of the Lord, what makes you think he's going to last in the bedroom? A man that worship is the man that can last. I'm trying to help y'all girls. You got to find out what's your level of commitment. What's your level of commitment? Have you found Jesus? Have you invited? Look at your neighbor and say, he got to be invited. He got to be invited. Don't lose Jesus' invitation to the commitment. Don't lose Jesus' invitation to the commitment. Slap somebody say, he got to be invited. He's got, am I, he's, got, he's got to be invited. I'm going to do a singles conference on Valentine's Day. He's got to, somebody shout, he's got to be invited. The commitment and then the call. Who have you called to your commitment? 
His, his, his was challenging, Daniel. Watch this. His was challenging. Y'all dating, y'all secret dating, y'all trying, y'all trying to do this on a secret, on a down low. Nowhere on Facebook. Ain't no Instagram post of your boo. Ain't nothing going on. Hallelujah. Because you're trying to do this on the low, trying to do this on a secret. But the problem is the people you did tell about it don't hold you accountable to your purpose. I know y'all want to secretly date because you don't want nobody in your business. It's amazing how now when you start dating, you don't want nobody in your business, but we already know. It's amazing now how you don't want anybody in your business. But there are some people you need to invite into the relationship to hold you accountable to your purpose and help you to investigate because sometimes love is blind. And it will make you believe that you see somebody who's worthy with somebody who ain't wealthy. It will make you marry somebody based upon their potential rather than their present. Good God, I feel this. I said, don't marry the potential, marry the present. You got to understand that potential may never be actualized. I got to see you for who you are right now. In other words, if you flipping burgers, do you have the potential to own the joint? I need you to have good potential, but you need to have work ethics right now in your present. Who have you invited? Who have you said, I'm dating and I need you to hold me accountable? I'm looking at somebody and I need to invite you to, no, I don't need no third parties because people be hating and people don't, uh, ain't nobody hating on that boy ugly. Ain't nobody want that boy. I'm trying to help you to stay holy and stay sanctified and meet the future that God said you're supposed to have. Nobody want him. Somebody got to remind you you are who you are. Touch your name and say, who have you invited? There's somebody that has to have enough status. See, you only tell people who are also freaky. I ain't scared of y'all. I need help in Jerusalem. You only tell people that let you get away with sin. Girl, what you do? What happened? Oh, really did? Because really, they living vicariously through you because they ain't got nobody. You need to find somebody who got somebody who understands sacrifice and commitment. Say, oh, girl, don't go by yourself right there. Oh, don't y'all be doing it. Ain't no Netflix and chill up in here. You better find you somebody to go with you. Where you going? What's his license plate? Who have you invited to the commitment? Don't leave your community out of the commitment. God, I wish I could run on this blue carpet. Can I run on? Oh, God. Look at your neighbor and say, whatever you do, don't leave your community out of your commitment. Because your community holds you accountable. You come from Cana, act like it. You go to crown, behave like it. We royalty up in here. Come on here. Come on, ladies. We don't give out cookies for free. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You got to pay for it. Y'all ain't looking at me strange. You got to understand who you are. And when who you are, come on here. It requires that your community hold you. Anytime the devil want to get after you, he will always make you question your community. He will always make you question who covers you in prayer. He will always make you question who's going to keep you accountable because he got to pull down the guards of security so he have access to you. That's why, that's why they tell you when they date you, oh, your church too strict. God, you got to go to church again? Dang, your pastor's all, well, all, why you got to do all that? No, no, no. They holding me accountable. And anytime you start acting shady like that, what you're trying to make me do is compromise my defense mechanisms so you can have access to my soul. Touch your neighbor and say, who are you inviting to the commitment? They called Jesus to the wedding. After the commitment, I'm almost through. After the call, then there is the consumption. They're drinking wine. They're consuming it. It's a feast. They can tow up, y'all. Oh, it's lit. <laughs> it's so lit. They're consuming it. 
problem is the bride and groom, Sister Ann, didn't prepare for their invitees to drink so much. You, everybody didn't RSVP. <laughs> you just showed up with all your cousins. Jesus came with 12 people. Come on. <laughs> they just showed up to the whole town and everybody's drinking. And we didn't know y'all were going to drink this much. So we run out. And what has happened to so many people is that you have been committed to people who in the middle of the festivities ran out. See, I always say test a relationship with all four seasons. Let's go through this a year. How are we going to do in summer, winter, spring, and fall? I need to see how you're going to do it all for. I need all holidays to come through to see what you're going to do. Come on, young ladies. If he ain't over your house at certain holidays, that means you ain't the main one. If he ain't come see you in Thanksgiving and Christmas, he at somebody else's house. You know, I got to see how you act in all four seasons. Because, because... I've got to see if you have capacity all year round or are you seasonal? You was a summer boo. You was a winter boo so we could cuff. Y'all ain't saying, I know what y'all be doing. Just so I could snuck, I needed to be warm. So I just needed somebody chubby in the winter. This is my after Labor Day, man. I'm just... (laughs) How do you eat all year round? What's your levels all year round? How much are you consuming? Real marriages go through those seasons where you're able to say, baby, I've been doing such and such and so, but right now I'm tapped out. And it's like the old WWE, I don't know if they still got it now, but it's like the WWF that I used to watch, that whenever you get real weak, you can go and tag and the person who's standing on the outside of the ropes will jump in and pick up what you left off. See, I need to be with somebody that I can tag. Come on here. And when I'm tapped out and they whooping my behind, I need to say, baby, I got the bills. When I say I ain't got no more money to pay the rent, that's all right. I've been saving money. I got it. I need somebody to understand you got my same level of ambition. You got my same level of aggression. I want God and you want him too. I need somebody to beat me praying. I need somebody to beat me. Come on here, punching the clock. I need you to have work ethics like I have work ethics. If I'm grinding and trying to get paid, I don't need you sitting home watching Netflix. I need somebody. Who don't consume all I have and then when I need, you have nothing left. After the commitment, after the call, there was the consumption. They drank all the wine. They had no more left. They tapped out. Watch this. And being tapped out is embarrassing. Because I done made all these preparations, all these arrangements, and I got all of these people here, and I don't have enough. That's how some churches are. And what's going on in the body of Christ is people are not leaving churches. That's not true, y'all. People ain't, because churches are packed. Churches are jam-packed, overflowing, and people are building more churches. Glory to God. People are not leaving churches. They're leaving churches who ran out of wine. They're leaving the people who don't have enough to satisfy what the pew demands. The pew wants the glory of God. The pew want to see miracles, signs, and wonders. The 
you don't want to hear a bunch of nonsense and games and gimmicks you're going through too much hell in your life to come in here and talking about he said she say nonsense I didn't come in here for another sideshow I didn't come in here for entertainment I came for wine and wine is indicative of the anointing wine is indicative of the glory and the presence of God and I'm tired of going to churches that have ran out of wine grab somebody by the hand and shake it like you're going to shake it off and say neighbor whatever you do don't run out of wine don't run out touch three folks that don't run out don't run out don't run out don't run out, don't run out, don't run out. Whatever you do, don't run out. My God, I want to be to the church that every time I walk in there, they preach in the gospel. I want to be to the kind of church that every time I get in there, they challenge me to live holy and live righteous. Come on here. I want while the preacher is preaching, I get convicted. Feel like somebody punching me and slapping me, ooch and ouch, and say, there go I, but the grace of God. I need churches that got revelation because the pastor is tapped into prayer and tapped into the presence of God I'm tired of lay me down to sleep come on here that Mickey Mouse church I'm tired of Candyland Cathedral I'm ready for a move of God but too many churches have run out of wine you ran out of wine and you're trying to make up for the wine you don't have With smoke machines. That ain't no wine. Black out your ceilings and walls if you want. Is there wine in there? Look like you're real deep. And it's not about what we have on. We can get to Jesus in our sneakers and jeans. That's true. But is there wine? Is there wine? Is there enough anointing to get me breakthrough? I shouldn't leave church still hungry. I shouldn't leave church looking for another service. The house of bread has run out of bread and the wine house has run out of wine because people still want more. You shouldn't want to go to three or four or five services a Sunday. You should have had enough in the one you went to. And if that wasn't enough, because they don't have, they don't have enough wine. They don't have enough. Aren't you tired of relationships that you don't have enough. Aren't you tired of friendships where you don't have enough? I, I even humbly suggest to you that if I don't feel you, I'm not your pastor. Yeah, you, you may need to go on because I have enough to fill the people who are ready to be full. But let me also say, while you're trying to assess my capacity, make sure while I'm pouring, your cap ain't on. Okay, you missed it. See, because sometimes people talk about, I ain't getting full, I ain't getting full. Baby, because you got the top on. If you take the top off and open up your spirit, you can get a deposit. Some people can't receive a deposit because they won't take the cap off. Because you won't take the top off because you have limited your impartation and cannot get your breakthrough. You can't get drunk because you got the top on. I could feel you, but your top is on. Commitment, the call, the consumption. The consumption revealed the crisis. The crisis is they don't have enough. They don't have enough. I want you to make an assessment right quick and say, who in my life, they're great, they just don't have enough. Elder Smith, alone is not income. When you go to the bank, 
and get a loan for something, that's not income because it's not residual. A loan is for payment for something seasonal. Could you be in a loan relationship? It was just enough to satisfy one need for one season. This is not residual income. Never treat a loan like residual income. Because it's not going to keep coming in like this. Because all they have is this one time in this one season. We jacked up because we made seasonal people permanent. Now there's a crisis with my consumption. Some of us, I got to go, are in the red because, watch this, let's go financial. We've spent more than we earned. You can make $100,000 a year, but if you live like you make $200,000 a year, you are in poverty. Your problem is you're consuming more than you're producing. And unfortunately, too many of us have been greater consumers than we are producers. But this is my year where I'm going to produce. Hallelujah. I'm going to have more than enough and my cup is going to overflow because I'm going to learn to produce and I'm not going to eat everything I produce. Oh, come on. Touch a neighbor and say, don't eat all of it. Don't eat all of it. You got to be able to produce and put some back in the storehouse and store some for later. You got to be able to monitor your level of consumption or increase your level of production. Either I got to kill my appetite or find somebody that can feed me. Either I've got to compromise how much I can really take. Or increase how much they can give me. Ladies and gentlemen. I will no longer apologize. For how much I can consume. Don't complain to me. Because I pray for three hours. And you pray for three minutes. It's my level of consumption. I can worship for hours. But you say, I'm over through a church. Church is too long. No, no. You got to understand, my level of consumption is greater. My capacity is huge. I want more. You still hungry? Yes. Fix me another plate. I want more. Because based upon what I'm able to consume, hallelujah, is determined by what I'm supposed to be doing. So my consumption is based upon my call and my assignment. I have to eat this much because of the great things I got to do in my future. I'm almost finished. But grab somebody by the hand real good again and say, neighbor, the reason why I consume so much is because I've got to do so many things and I need to build up my strength I need to build up my capacity I need to be full because I ain't got time to be pulling over the Bible says that there was a crisis and the crisis was them no more wine somebody shout no more wine I'm through with y'all. They said they had no more wine. Mary looks over at Jesus and said Jesus they ran out of wine. He said woman what will I have to do with you? He said, it ain't even my time. It's not even the time for me to do miracles. It's not even the time for me to show people what I can do. Mary completely ignored Jesus. Completely ignored what he said. Because she knew back at the house that he was able to turn this situation around. She didn't know what he was going to do. But she knew he could do something that could fix this situation. Let me prophesy to 17 of y'all. I may not know what God's going to do. But I'm here to tell you he's going to do something to turn this situation around. The situation that you're in right now where there is a crisis. I speak to everyone of you that are in crisis you may not know what God gonna do but look at your neighbor and say he gonna do something to turn us around he looked, she looked at the disciples and said whatever he tells you to do go and do it and do it quickly whatever he tells you to do I want you to do that but Jesus said it's not my time to do miracles and so that's, guess what y'all Jesus didn't do a miracle he simply gave instructions of how 
how to get the wedding out of their deficit, how to get them out of the red. They had to follow instructions in order to come out of the deficit. I got to preach to y'all and tell you in order for you to come out of the deficit you're in right now, you're going to have to follow instructions. Slap somebody like the three-year-old talking too loud in church and say, hey neighbor, in this season, you've got to follow instructions. I ain't got no help in Bethlehem. I said in this season, you're going to have to press your ear to the mouth of God and you're going to have to follow his instructions and do whatever he said. How many of you know that obedience, preacher, is better than sacrifice? Touch your neighbor and say, do what he tell you to do. Jesus looked over at the disciples if the heat is on turn it off I'm about to spontaneously combust uh, he said by the, by the door there is six water pots and each of the water pots can hold about 20 to 30 gallons of water apiece the water pots were at the door because it was the Jewish manner of purification what's that manner Dr. Shaw that manner is that when anybody came to the wedding feast they left a pot of water Water at the door and the people were supposed to wash their hands and wash their feet off from the dust of the streets and then come into the wedding feast. So really the six water pots at the door were actually six water pots that had a bunch of dirty hand water and dirty feet water. Look at y'all. It was dirty hand water and dirty feet water. Thank you Jesus. It was dirty hand water and dirty feet water. Touch your neighbor say it's dirty hand water and dirty feet water but Jesus said I want to use the pot that has dirty hand water I want to use the pot that has dirty feet water y'all should be shouting right here the reason why you should be shouting is because he'll still use the pot good God even though it got dirty feet water you think God can't use you but he said I want to use the pot that got feet water grab your neighbor by the hand again and say neighbor if God can use Noah God can use you tell him if God can use Moses tell him God can use you tell him if God can use cousin Peter then God can use you because God is in the business of using dirty pots shout at your neighbor and say I ain't nothing but a dirty pot I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen Amen. Don't look at me strange and don't envy the oil that's on my life. I ain't nothing but a dirty pot. But I'm here to tell 30 screamers that God can still do miracles with dirty pots. Aren't you glad that he still does miracles with dirty pots? They put the six water pots to the side and Jesus said, fill the dirty water pots. Fill them up to the brim, which means I don't care what your past was. I don't care what your history was. He's still going to fill you to the brim. Here's a word in 2020. God said, this is the year that I'm going to satisfy you. This is the year that I'm going to fill you up up to the brim find somebody that's looking at you real strange and say neighbor God said he's gonna fill you up to the brim which means your days of emptiness is over but not only is your days of emptiness over but pastor more your days of being half full is over in other words for 35 screamers God said no more half full I'm gonna fill you up to the brim uh, throw your hands up and say Lord fill me up to the brim he said I'm going to fill you up to the brim I'm going to fill you up to the top I don't care what your past was I don't care what your history was and no matter how dirty you had been God said I'm going to fill you up to the brim when he filled them up to the brim the Bible says they turned around and Jesus told them he said now take your picture dip your picture into the water pot and give it to the governor by the time they gave it to the governor the governor tasted it and he says well this is good wine now I'm here to tell y'all I don't know when that the water changed into wine I don't know it's when they filled up the brims I don't know if it's when they dipped the pitcher in the pot I don't know if it happened when they gave it to the maitre d but so 
somewhere between process the water molecules turn into fermented grapes and it turned into wine lean on your neighbor and say neighbor I don't know when my miracle gonna happen but tell them somewhere Y'all ain't saying it like I say it. Say somewhere in the middle of the process, I'm about to change up in here. Find somebody who look like they go to Crown Ministries and say, I don't know if it's going to happen in February, if it's going to happen in March, if it's going to come in April. But say somewhere in my process my bank account getting better somewhere on the way to the doctor my body's getting healed somewhere down at the altar in prayer he's regulating my mind somewhere in the middle of the process i'm changing and turning around lean on somebody's shoulder and say neighbor oh what a change coming over me the bridegroom had heard about that there's new wine in the place the maiden d told the bridegroom usually when they're having big weddings usually they give the worst or rather the good wine first and when everybody gets drunk and can't tell the difference they pull out the bad stuff but look at y'all y'all done saved the good stuff for last y'all gave us the worst but here come the best which means the wine that they were serving was good wine but the wine that Jesus gave them was better wine I got a word for some praises and I'm sitting down and going home and the word is that God said I saved the best for last the worst is over and the best is coming now get out of your seats tell your neighbor say neighbor get ready you're about to meet all your needs your consumption is about to be satisfied there's more there's more there's more you ran out but there's more find somebody and say neighbor you ran out of joy but there's more more joy there's joy that flows like a river as a matter of fact weeping may endure for a night but joy 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 will come in the morning lean on your neighbor say neighbor you ran out of friends but that's all right there's more because jesus is a friend that stick closer yeah, 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 yeah. than any brother there's more somebody shout there's more fill me up till my cup runs over Shire. Shire. get out your seat tell five people there's more there's more there's more whatever you run out of there's more whatever you need there's more there's more there's more i got a word for y'all the word is God said, I'm about to meet your level of consumption. However much you need, God said, I got enough. He said, I'm about to satisfy every hungry soul. He said, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. For the next 35 seconds, throw your hands up and shout, God, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry.
hungry, feed me, feed me. Give us this day our daily bread. Satisfy. He said, I'm about to satisfy you. I'm about to satisfy you. I'm about to satisfy you. Your storehouse been empty, but I'm about to satisfy you. Your soul's been empty, but I'm about to satisfy you. Come on, shall Lord fill me up. Fill me up. Fill me up. Fill me up. Your unhappy days are over. Your broke days are over. Your worst days are over. I got a word for somebody. The Lord said the worst is over. The worst is over. The worst is over. And the best is yet. Would y'all do me a favor? Help me prophesy to these people. Go tell somebody. The Lord said the worst is over. Better is coming. Better is coming. You're coming out of a deficit. You're coming out of a deficit. You're coming out of the red. You're coming out of the negative. You're coming out of the negative. You're coming out of the red. Dry relationships are over. Dry partnerships are over. Dry friendships are over. Dry churches are over. Dry ministry is over. Dry business is over. Somebody shout. Shout. Fill them up. 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 I'm going to satisfy you. I'm going to satisfy you. I'm going to satisfy you. Whatever your level of consumption is, God said, I am enough. I'm 20 minutes over my time. Watch this. The Lord said today, get ready to be made full. Because your dry partnerships are over. Your season of being committed to dryness is over. The, the governor of the feast said something so prophetically, so profound, and y'all got to catch it by the spirit. He said, usually, this is not what happens. Which means in 2020, for somebody who will receive it, God said, I'm going to do something unusual. He said, I'm going to do something unusual. Y'all ain't screaming loud enough for me. He said, I'm going to do something unusual. I'm going to do something unusual. I'm, you're not qualified, but I'm going to still give you the job. You don't have the resume, but I'm still giving you the spot. Come on, y'all better say something to me. He said, it ain't usual that this is supposed to happen. It usually happens the other way. But I'm about to do something that don't usually happen. Something about to happen that does not usually happen. Something about to go down that doesn't usually. God, God, it don't usually happen like this. It don't usually happen like this. It that under these circumstances, this ain't supposed to happen. Also, I got on my seeker. Slap somebody say it's unusual. It's unusual. It's unusual. It's an unusual miracle. It's an unusual miracle. Watch this. Madabasia. Hey, Bakanda Bahobia Saba. Matakalavasumbia. God, I hear God in here. Somebody shout, unusual. Here's why it's unusual, Don. Here's why it's unusual. Because Jesus said, I'm breaking the order. I'm breaking protocol. The way y'all used to do weddings was that you gave the good wine first. The way you used to do commitments 
is you give the bad wine last. But God said, I'm flipping the script. Watch this for y'all can catch it by the Holy Ghost. He said, in this season, the first shall be last. Yes, sir. And the last shall be first. I'm going to turn this thing upside down and put it on his head. I usually give the good first because they so drunk they can't tell the difference. They so drunk, watch this, their discernment is gone. That's why the Holy Ghost said in this season, it behooves you to be sober. Y'all missed it by the Holy Ghost. He said you're going to have to be sober because you got to be able to discern the difference whether this is good wine or the worst wine. Because in the last days, they're going to call evil good. Y'all missed it. And good evil. So they're going to call good wine bad and they're going to call bad wine good. He said, but I don't flip this thing. When you invite me to the commitment, you give me permission to turn around the order. When you invite me to the commitment, you give me permission to change the protocol. Hallelujah. I dare y'all that's not scared. Say, Lord, go ahead, change the protocol. Change the order. Change the order. I'm not even qualified for this job. Change the order. Change the order. I'm not even supposed to be here, but change the order. Change the protocol. Usually they give the good first, then the bad comes. He said, but this is what you've done. You done saved the good for last. Which means the worst was consumed, but it wasn't enough to intoxicate me. I drink it, but I'm not drunk. Because I still have discernment that this is better. Watch this. I'm going to say something. I'm going to preach on Valentine's this month. Who do you love, but you're not in love with? Watch this. Who do you have, but you ain't got? You have them, but you ain't got them. Because you ain't drunk enough to discern if this is better. He said, usually they're so drunk they can't tell. But they done drunk all this wine and they discern it is still sharp. And there's a word for everybody who receive it. Watch this. God says, I'm going to save the best for last. And among your friends, it looked like you're the last getting married, but yours going to last, okay? And it looked like you're the last one to write your book, but yours going to be a bestseller. And it looked like you're the last one to get your house, but it will not be repossessed. And it looked like you're the last one to come through, but you're coming all the way through. Look at your neighbor and say, I may be last, but he saved the best for last. It's about to get better from here. I got a word for somebody. The worst is over, and the best is yet to come. I said the worst is over. We done ran out of the worst. We done ran out of the worst. We done look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I've gone through so much hell, I've ran out of the worst. But the best is about to open up. He said, I will open the window of heaven and pull you out a blessing. You don't even have room enough to receive. What I'm about to give you. Because I done ran out of the worst. Masha. I done ran out of worst relationships. Point your finger at your neighbor like you a prophet and say, neighbor, you have run out of your worst seasons. Better seasons are coming. Oh my, better seasons are coming. Better seasons are coming. Better seasons are coming. Better seasons are coming. Because you have exhausted. You have consumed all of the worst. You have consumed all of the worst. 
Can y'all can y'all really prophesy like I'm, you preaching this? And say, neighbor, there is no more of the worst. There is no more. That's what Mary told Jesus. There is no more of the worst. God, there is no more of the worst. There is no more of the worst. There is no more of the worst. There is no more. You've already drank it. Look at your neighbor, lean back and say, I ate that. I went through it. I took a licking and keep on ticking. I've already consumed all of The worst is gone. The worst has been consumed. I drank the cup of bitterness. I drank the cup of depression. I drank the cup of low self-esteem. I drank the cup of suicide. I drank it already. There is no more. Can I announce to y'all what Jesus said on the cross? It is finished. You ought to shout right here. Tetelestai. It is finished. It is finished. It is. There is no more. There is no more. There is no more. Them dark seasons are over. There is no more. There is no more. The depressed days are over. I drank that cup already. Somebody say, I drank that cup already. Jesus said, if you want to have parts with me, you got to drink from the cup I drink from. Somebody slapped me and they said, I drank from that cup already. It's finished. I drank it all. You ever took, you ever taste some nasty medicine? And said, I took it all. There is no more. There is, it was nasty going down. It felt horrible. I didn't know if I was going to survive it. But I'm here to tell somebody, your last season was your last cup. you would praise him in here I wish that you would dance I hope you enjoyed the podcast today if you did I would love for you to do two things one subscribe to our show so you can receive notification of our most recent messages also if this message has impacted you you can click the link in the description and you can give now We'll connect with you next time on Crown Ministries Podcast.